Welcome to Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. A look at the changing risk and resilience landscape with insights on the challenges facing businesses today and tomorrow. Hi, I'm Renee Koa from Zurich North America. Parametric insurance is one of the next big things in the insurance world. A lot of us have heard of it without fully understanding what it does. Joining me today to explain what parametric insurance is, as well as its benefits and limitations for companies of all sizes, is Jonathan Chirac, Emerging Solutions Director at Zurich North America, where he identifies emerging risks, evaluates potential solutions, and creates teams to develop insurance propositions. He has made numerous presentations about parametric insurance across the country. Jonathan, so glad you could join us to unravel the mysteries around today's topic. Thank you for having me. Parametric insurance has become an emerging solution in the insurance world over the past few years, but it's still unfamiliar for a lot of people. Can you break it down for the uninitiated? Sure, no problem at all. The name parametric insurance actually helps define it. Parametric insurance is a set of parameters around a specific set of metrics. A parametric insurance policy establishes a predefined parameter and payments that are agreed upon by both the insurer and customer for risks that can be objectively measured and verified by outside third-party authorities. Some examples could include in a, uh, the probability of a Category 3 hurricane occurring, a certain amount of inches of rainfall in a given amount of days, or even something more exotic like 200,000 unfavorable social media tweets, you know, after a certain event occurs. Once the agreed upon measurement is confirmed and the trigger is triggered, the customer can attest that there was a loss and the claim is paid. The advantages are obvious. There's no lengthy claim settlement process. It's a much quicker turnaround with uh, still a claim handlers involved, but to a different degree. And this, you know, could create a cash flow benefit to a customer to get them a whole in a much quicker manner. Okay. Well, I think I get it. So neither the insurer nor the customer has any control over whether, let's say, 10 inches of rain falls. Let's say the 10 inches of rain was the trigger. The weather service would determine that. If nine inches fall, no payment, but 10 or more inches, the customer gets paid. So let me ask you this. Could you illustrate how that would work for a commercial customer? Sure. Let's talk about Zurich's construction weather parametric insurance product as a good example. So if you consider a general contractor is constructing a building, wind, rain, severe cold, or heat may cause economic or financial uh, impact due to delay of work, but there isn't any property damage. However, the crew could be sidelined and therefore is causing financial or economic loss for the contractor. This in turn, this financial hardship for the contractor could from a stoppage can happen for many reasons. However, there would be potential extended payroll costs, liquidated damages, fines for missing project deadlines, potentially the need to rent additional equipment or extend rentals on heavy equipment and so forth. These items would fall into a concept known as non-damage business interruption or also non-physical damage business interruption. 
where there's a financial loss that is typically not covered by uh, traditional property insurance. Just to clarify with all of this, the triggers have to be met, as you mentioned earlier. You know, if we said 10 inches versus nine inches, that trigger has to be met at 10 inches or greater, and the contractor has to show loss. And as you mentioned about the trigger needing to be met, that is an important part of having proper structuring of your parametric insurance product. Okay, that makes sense. And again, these are things or these are situations where traditional insurance isn't protecting, in this case, the contractor. Correct. The traditional builder's risk policy would not address these non-physical damage business interruption covers that are being covered by this parametric. So it really acts as a complement to accompany the traditional builder's risk cover. Okay. And it's also different from a traditional insurance claim in the sense that in those situations, a claims adjuster is needed to assess damage and determine what the insurance provider will pay. This is different. Yes, that's correct. It is different. There still is a claim adjuster, um, but there is no lengthy settlement process. The claim should be could be settled in a much quicker manner. Uh, the idea is to get a cash flow back to the customer so they could mitigate economic damages and hopefully get their project back on schedule. Okay. However, this is insurance, so there still will be some claims involvement to make sure that this was a proper actual insurance loss. Okay. Now, we've been talking about parametric insurance and weather, but it can cover a lot more than that, right? Yeah, that is correct. So, uh, parametric insurance really got more, you know, some of its origins back in the 90s uh, when we're talking about a lot of farms in India, Southeast Asia, East Africa, where it became a better customer proposition due to the size of the farm being small and the cost of spending a claim handler to a farm could be larger than the settlement in order to keep the cost of insurance to an affordable level. They actually looked at uh, creative ways and one of the ideas was a rain index. So if it rains enough, then there's no payment. If it doesn't rain to whatever the proper term of enough is, then the idea was that the farmers would either have had to incur additional costs to keep their farm growing, or they would have had a loss. So either way, the farmer received a loss and therefore there's payment. However, with uh, the emergence of many new big data sources, with publicly available satellite data and so forth, it is possible to create objective measures on all sorts of things. Data analytics continues to expand. And with that, there's more and more metrics and parameters available to create insurance products so long as those metrics are highly correlated to a loss. Can you um, share some of the more unusual applications of late when it comes to parametric insurance? So there is uh, many companies out there, a lot of very interesting insure techs out there doing interesting work. Uh, one company named Spotted Risk, they're doing a public disgrace parametric, which I believe is based on tweet scores um, connecting to uh, Twitter's API feed that could be for all sorts of you know celebrities or public figures or people doing business with those public figures. There's a company called Parametrics uh, with an X and they are doing a parametric insurance model that's very based on cloud downtime, network failures, and other hazards like that. 
And further, there's even the interesting ways where uh, your traditional weather parametrics are being used in what's called ecological parametric insurance. The Nature Conservancy has issued or has helped structure a parametric insurance policy on the Quintana Roo uh, reef system in Mexico. The local businesses pool together with our nonprofits. And the idea there is if there is damage to the reef, it is a public loss as most of the industry in that area is really dependent on tourism um, and also the reef actually helps dampen potential other disasters happening to close to the shoreline. That actually had a payment of about $800,000 late last year from Hurricane Delta and their money from that is being used to actually repair the reef. So it's working just as it should be. That's fantastic. And it does speak to the fact that weather-related parametric insurance seems to be predominant right now. Why is that, and how could it help various businesses? Weather-related parametric insurance is definitely the most common category, and that is because there has been plenty of data in the past on this, and there continues to be strong data as well as new data sources here. But why is that important? Extreme weather events occur with greater frequency and impact, and we have seen many businesses can get benefit from parametric insurance to help address these challenges. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's latest quarterly report listed 22 weather or climate-related disasters in the U.S. in 2020 that had losses exceeding $1 billion, 13 severe storms, uh, seven tropical cyclones, a drought, and a wildfire. Over the last 40 years, every single state has had at least $1 billion loss. With Texas, if you include a February 2021 weather event, Texas has had 125 CPI-adjusted billion-dollar events in uh, the last 40 years. But it doesn't really take a billion-dollar event to cause uh, a workflow or uh, economic or financial loss to a company. That could occur from, you know, lower level events. And we have seen increases of frequency of what they call severe amounts of rain or large amount of rain. And that is due to, as uh, we have warmer temperatures, the atmosphere is actually able to hold about 7% more water vapor for every one degree Fahrenheit the temperatures increase. So we have not seen an overall increase in the number of inches of rain in a given area over a year, but we've seen an increase in the number of severe rain days. So what that actually means is the atmosphere is holding more water and having longer spells of not rain followed by, you know, bursts of severe amounts of rain. Now, in aggregate, that may not make a big difference in the overall amount of rain that's falling in a given area. What that means is, especially in urban environments, when you have a fast downpour and you have a lot of pavement, the drainage is generally not there, which makes urban environments more susceptible to flash flooding. So weather parametric insurance, I can see where that was really going to be helpful for for, um, 
a lot of different businesses, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But you've said there are caveats to parametric insurance. And one of the first we kind of alluded to, it is not designed to replace traditional insurance, right? Correct. I believe that it makes much more sense as a complement to traditional insurance and can be part of a well thought out sound risk management strategy because it could expand uh, coverage by addressing broader categories in a very specific manner. Parametric insurance can supplement traditional insurance. For example, a business could purchase a $10 million um, cash-based parametric policy and a $90 million traditional property insurance coverage in order to create a sound risk management system for their $100 million property. Okay, got it. What are some of the other caveats for any company considering this type of insurance? All right, first of all, because we're treating this as insurance and not a derivative um, or market wager, the customer still needs to have a loss and have a claim. Secondly, customers cannot receive payouts larger than actual loss, because again, this is insurance and not a financial derivative of some sort. There is no over indemnification for a loss. And, you know, parametric insurance a lot of times is viewed as being more expensive than traditional insurance. And honestly, that is not the case. It is really based on how is it structured. By that I mean, are the trigger levels appropriate? Are the, the number of deductible days, the uh, policy includes deductible days, are those appropriate? And where is the payment set? because parametric insurance is very mathematical in nature. In that sense, by structuring it appropriately, you could create a product with an appropriate cost so it's not going to be viewed as more expensive. So it sounds like you really need uh, an insurance carrier as well as a broker who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I believe that is true with this as well as you know, almost all insurance policies. Okay. Now, we talked about Zurich's uh, construction weather parametric insurance, and I wonder, do a lot of insurance companies offer parametric insurance in general? Uh, there is a handful of companies. I wouldn't say it's a lot, but with the growth of technologies out there to help analyze the data, there is increasing interest in ways that, that insurance companies can provide solutions to their customers. And again, with this being a way to provide a new type of coverage and to have very smooth claim handling, that should be appealing to customers. For sure. Now, so far we've been discussing applications for commercial businesses. Are there parametric insurance policies for personal lines yet? There are a few out there, um, probably the most Popular ones are that there is uh, a homeowner's earthquake policy. Uh, there are also a few companies doing various travel insurance products for, for flight delay. Oh, okay. This has been a great conversation, Jonathan. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Nope, can't think of anything. Thank you. Before I thank you for joining us, we have to subject <laughs> you to our lightning round answer quickly, but we love it when people elaborate on their answers, but you don't have to. Ready? All right. All right. Sounds good. Here we go. 
favorite movie about insurance? All right. Well, you know, being a good actuary, the answer has to be Billion Dollar Bubble. All actuaries uh, watch part of that movie as part of our course on professionalism as we're uh, getting our credentials. I'm going to throw in an extra question. Well, it it would star James Woods. He was an actuary in it, right? Yes, yes. His character was an actuary, so that's always, you know, a fun little plus. <laughs> you were a math and biology major. How did you get into insurance? Well, I mean, really sort of just fell into it after trying a few different things out. I decided to go study abroad in Australia, which meant I had about a two and a half month long winter break. Uh, before that, I was thinking, well, what should I do? But that time, talked with some of my math professors. They mentioned that the neighboring university, Illinois State University, was having this actuarial meet the firm night. And they said, if they ask you about these actuary exams, just tell them you're thinking about taking an exam. So talked to the first company and they asked me about the exam. And of course, out of my mouth comes, I'm sitting for the exam. And at that point, I was like, well, I guess I'm sitting for these exams. First one, I did not pass because I did not realize how much we actually had to study for those. But I passed it on my second try. And the, yeah, the rest is history. That's, yep. that's terrific. Okay. Best part of working in the insurance industry? I have really appreciated the ability to create a very diverse uh, career. I spent a few years working in Australia. I've got to work on lots of interesting and different projects. They all are obviously insurance related, but the amount of diversity of work you could do is quite interesting. Worst part of working in the insurance industry? Oh, I mean, I definitely appreciate the actuary exams and passing them all, but studying for those exams, I mean, that was a lot of, a lot of time and effort to study for all those exams. So you have a four-year-old daughter and a 10-month-old son. 18 months. Oh, 18 months. Sorry. Yeah, no and <laughs> now I know he's joined you in many of your Zoom meetings, so he's already been immersed in the field. But how do you describe your job to your four-year-old daughter? Well, I mean, as far as she's concerned, she always calls me a chef because I do all the cooking at home. <laughs> so I think that's what she thinks that my job is to just cook food for her. And that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, thanks for answering these questions. And we really thank you for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Thanks for listening to Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you left a comment or review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let us know what you think at media at ZurichNA.com and join us next week. The information in this audio recording was compiled from sources believed to be reliable for general information purposes and is intended for Zurich clients and business partners. The information contained here may be useful to you or your enterprise when developing your own policies and procedures. The policies and procedures applicable to your enterprise should take into account the specific circumstances of your business and business environment, which is beyond the capacity of this podcast. Any and all information provided is not intended to constitute advice of any nature and is specifically not legal advice, and accordingly, you should consult with your own legal counsel. We do not guarantee 
guarantee the accuracy of this information presented or any results and further assume no liability in connection with this recording and the information provided therein. Moreover, Zurich reminds you that the information provided cannot be assumed to contain every acceptable safety and compliance procedure or that additional procedures might not be appropriate under the circumstances. The subject matter of this recording is not tied to any specific insurance product, nor will adopting these policies and procedures ensure coverage under any insurance policy. We encourage listeners to seek additional information from credible sources. Thank you.